Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Corey. Corey and I met a number of years ago in Lincoln through a mutual friend. We ended up being in a couple of networking groups together, and we ended up working together while I was at the agency in Lincoln, and we became good friends in the process. Corey is a professional photographer and an entrepreneur. Corey and I talk about the difference between a professional and an amateur photographer, what it's like owning his own business, and what he learned during a trip to Cuba. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend, leave us a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get the newest episodes immediately. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Corey. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Corey, man. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. Nice to see you. Good to see you. It's been a while. How long has it been, dude? Oh, man. I don't even know. I have no concept of time right now. Yeah. I think it was like February. Well, face-to-face, yeah. Probably February. But then once everything hit, we were able to do stuff online. But yeah, it's uh, it's just been crazy. And and time has just flown by. Like. I think of things that happened um, that I think were a couple of weeks ago and Sarah has to correct me and say, no, that was like three months ago. That wasn't three yep. weeks ago. That was three months ago. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. What is happening? Well, hey, next week it's September already. I can't believe that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and no football, you know? Oh my gosh. At least no Husker football. Maybe some other yeah. football, but really, what other football is there if there's no Husker football? True. I wonder about uh, how much money is going to be put into commercials. Oh my god! Because the the games are going to be that that much smaller. That ad revenue is just going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be like Super Bowl every week. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness! I didn't even think about that. What you been up to these last couple of weeks? Have things been uh, going smoothly for you? It has. It's picked up. Um, yeah, like tonight I had a shoot. Um, I was photographing for an architectural client. And, uh, yeah, I had to get there at, uh, right at, uh, sunset to, you know, get some cool photographs with the light, you know, kind of, um, the landscape lighting kind of wanted to make sure that looked good. And, um, it looked, it looked nice for sure. I'm going to do some composite work, but I did notice one thing that, that, uh, fire, you can see kind of the hazy smoke from, uh, the fires in California. Wow. Yeah, that's... have you have you looked out at in your area? I mean, can you see any of that? Yeah, I was on a walk on Monday, and yeah. I walked. I was walking when the sun was rising. You could definitely tell there was that haze. Yeah, and then I was walking again that night after I was playing tennis, and it was the same thing. And I took took a sunrise sunset photo with my phone, and you know how phones do. But um, yeah, you could tell that it was super hazy, and it was yep. just it just kind of beautiful actually i know i know it's terrible what's happening in california right now but it makes for some beautiful photos yeah i was talking to a photographer friend in colorado and i I asked him i was like hey are you getting any smoke and that was a couple days ago he's like yeah it's it's some really cool sunsets but or uh, and sunrises and he was like it's kind of a bummer but yeah they're they're looking pretty sweet out there so yeah for your commercial client, you said that you kind of had to wait for the lighting to be just right. I didn't realize that 
Um, and we've been on shoots together, um, in the past when we've worked together, but I've never realized how much work it takes to really get that perfect shot. You know, you see all these photos on social media and all this stuff and you're like, Oh man, that looks cool. But you don't really think about all the intricacies that go into that. So, um, what are some of the things that you have to look out for as a professional photographer that maybe the, your run at the mill person with an iPhone doesn't have to think about? Right. I would say lighting is huge. Um, and then like lighting a scene or lighting a person, you want to make sure it looks, it, it just gives it a little bit more pop. Like tonight, I actually, um, I, I brought a, a strobe with me to kind of light in or, or fill in like some of the bushes and give them a little bit more color because it looked kind of flat. The lighting um, of this, uh, it was backlit by the sun. So I, was, I had to expose it, but I needed to give it a little bit more pop on some of the uh, the bushes and the staircases and whatnot, just to, just to give it a little bit more, like when you see it, you, you look at it and you're like, okay, this looks appealing. So, and then when, when photographing people too, there's a certain way that you can control light to make them look better. Like we all have different faces. My face is round, you know, it, so you gotta, everybody wants to look slimmer for sure. Right. You know, so even, even the skinniest model, she does not want to look fat. <laughs> and, and you have to think of that when you're photographing and you, you want to make sure that they look the best. So lighting, I would say is a really, really big key to it. How is that something that you had to train your eye for, or have you noticed since you were young that you kind of haven't had an eye for that? I, well, I took a lot of classes, um, and kind of learned, um, posing, which I know it sounds really old fashioned, but learning how to pose a person and make them look good. Uh, essentially people want you, they're paying you to make them look good and, and use that picture and show it and share it uh, for years to come. So uh, that that's kind of how it started. Um, and then, you know, technically using lighting. Um, and then when digital came along, it was just the floodgates opened on your creativity even more. The the floodgates open on creativity, but it probably also opened the floodgates on every Joe and Jill on the block thought that they could take photos and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You've been a commercial photographer for a while now. How did that game change for you and how were you able to kind of adapt to the new to the new technology? Yeah. Well that question I hear it all the time. Like everybody's telling me, Oh man, it's just crazy how many photographers are out there. But, you know, thinking about the phone that we have and everybody has an opportunity to create and, and capture time, I think is really cool. Um, but to take it a step further, you know, like myself and, and really, you know, hone in on your craft. Well, I do a lot of landscape photography. I'm really into fine art as well, which is, which is a lot of fun. With that fine art, what are some of the things that you're able to do with that that you may not be able to do just straight as a commercial photographer? What Are you able to take a little bit more liberty with things? How does that all work? Absolutely. So the way I look at my fine artwork is um, I, I shoot more for myself, you know, and I definitely like on a commercial side when I'm doing that, I, I use my eye and my creativity. But when you shoot for yourself, you have... Uh, the controlled freedom to do what you want and you don't have anybody else telling you, Hey, you need to tweak this or tweak that. You can do it how you want it to do, which I, I, it's, it's so awesome to be creative. And, um, like I went to, uh, South Dakota a couple weekends ago. Yeah. A couple weekends ago, time's flying. 
<laughs> and you know, I just went out one night. I went out and I photographed the Milky Way when there was that um, that comet mm-hmm. going across. Yeah, just great night to be out photographing. Um, and I just, for me, it, it's really a peaceful. It opens my mind to just go out and do what you want, and you don't have somebody, you know, looking looking over your shoulder, kind of telling you what to do. Yeah, for sure. And you can kind of make it your own and do whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. What got you interested in photography in the first place? Was it something growing up that you just really liked to do? Or how did that process evolve for you? Yeah. Um, you know, it it actually, like just like any other blog or about me page for a photographer, it did start in uh, when I was younger in high school. Um I was a sophomore and, um, I had a, I took a class. It was at a different school where you could go off and, um, learn photography, which was really awesome. I loved it. Um, and then the next year, um, I ended up going into yearbook and, um, newspaper and they had a dark room and literally I was in there for two periods a day and then my study hall. And I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> uh, and that's really when I, I really got hooked on it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, in college, I took a break for about a year, and then I I just went right back into it. So, so you took classes in college for photography specifically, um, and then what was your path like after you graduated college? Did you did you know that you wanted to own your own photography business, or did you? I guess what was kind of your mindset there? Well, I I went to school uh, at Metro, and it's in uh, Elkhorn, Nebraska. Okay. Yep. And they have a, a commercial photography program. Um, and at the time, this is dating me, but that's, you know, 20 years ago. But at the time, it was all film. You know, they had, I, I mean, they had some inkjet printers that were doing some digital work. But that, that was about it. And I had no interest in being in front of a computer. Um, but while I was there, I actually worked at a portrait studio as a, um, in the lab and then as a photographer. I mean, I was using somebody else's film. You know, I wasn't paying for it and I was creating and and honing in on my craft, which really helped out. Um, And then it just kind of evolved from there into my own business. I always wanted to own a studio or uh, I guess be a traveling photographer or own my own like portrait studio and things change. Uh, The world is just always evolving and my eyes are a lot more open now for sure. Yeah. Um, You talk about evolving. You used to do a lot of portrait type work. And mm-hmm. that kind of evolved from portraits from into weddings and now into that commercial side. What's changed for you over that course of time? Is it just that you found that there's a bigger need for commercial photographers or you're able to do a little bit more creative work that way or um, just tired of dealing with, with bridezillas on the wedding side? What was kind of your shift there? Well, there was a couple of reasons. Uh, the first reason, like we talked about before, uh, with the saturation of photographers being creative, uh, the uh, the competition, it grew a lot. Like when I first started out, there might have been 10 photographers in Lincoln. And I know there's well over 100 here right now, easily. And um, people didn't understand the difference between... Uh, why I was charging what I was and why somebody was charging, you know, 50 bucks or two bucks for an eight by 10, you know? Um, and everybody has to learn, um, you know, how to, how a business runs and how to price things accordingly. But there was a gap there. 
and also the value people didn't value photography as much mm-hmm. you know when i started you would photograph a wedding they would they'd get married you would photograph their kids and then it would just evolve into other things you know like when the kids are you know three six nine in a year and then doing their seniors and their weddings and that kind of changed and i really noticed it when i was photographing weddings and then there would be two other photographers that were actually in the wedding so you knew that you were not going to get those uh those couples back in there's a good chance i mean they hopefully they will but there's a good chance that they're probably not going to come back because they have a friend that's even closer right it could really help them out so it's it's a lot of developing relationships and building on those relationships and when it's a one-way relationship you to the client and it's not Mm -hmm. reciprocated back that's kind of a a big deal and um, I think that's something that all of us can kind of take a lesson from is that hey if you're if it's a one-way street you should probably close that street yeah Um, and and I will tell you that I do have some clients that still come to me and and I am so gracious for it and I have a blast with all of them Um, but we were talking about other reasons Um, one is I another reason not one two is uh I got married and I have kids now. So I want to be home on the weekends before I was always, I'm okay being off on the weekend. I could go drink when I get off from a wedding. Um, So like the priorities changed and Mm -hmm. I wanted to be home. I wanted to be around at night. So commercial uh, just became a little bit easier for me because a lot of that work is done during the day, which I really like. And they're giving me more opportunities to be creative as well. Um, I didn't personally, I didn't feel creative photographing babies at all. You know, I, I remember there was a time when, uh, I don't know if you remember Ann Geddes photographer that was really good with babies. I think she's from Australia or something, but she did all the calendars, Okay, you know, put baby, put yeah. babies in scales and, you know, different things like that. And I remember I was photographing one a long time ago and all this lady wanted was like this, these feathers on top of her, her baby. Like the baby is asleep. They wanted feathers on it. So they're like, that's all I want. I put it on top of it. I took the picture and she got on 11 by 14. And at the time that was great. And I was like, there's no creativity here. You know, so I really knew that I wanted to kind of expand on that and do something a little bit different. So you're basically a glorified order taker at that point. They just needed somebody (laughs) to, to push the button, right? Yeah. Sometimes there was those chance, those those times where you're just like, this is not fulfilling. Yeah. But you, again, like every job, you got to do. Um, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and do those things, and then you find out your next your next opportunity. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's one of those things where, do I want the paycheck or is my pride more important? And a lot of times, paycheck wins out because you're starting your yeah. own business, you're growing your family. Yep. You kind of have to put your ego aside sometimes. And I yep. find that even now in my job, there are things that, yeah, sure. I'd love to push back on, mm-hmm. but is it a hill that I, is that a battle that I want to fight right now? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, and I think, I think it's, if you feel like you're going to get taken advantage of at that, that at that point you need to just say no and walk away from whatever it is. Yeah. So, Cause I've had those situations and it's, it's a lot more pain to take on a client like that. Um, and I've noticed that, um, you know, over the past 10 years, you know, you get a certain client and you, 
a nice guy, you want to help them out, take care of them and, and go the extra mile. And then they just end up wanting more, um, nit, I don't want to say nitpicking, but, you know, really, um, kind of poking at your craft and, you know, wanting to change things like we were talking about before, you know, wanting to, um, change the way you do artwork. Yeah. There's no trust there. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, if, if you're able to find a client who trusts you, like you were talking with some of your commercial clients, they have full faith in you to, Hey, yeah. this is why we hired you to make us look good. Go do your yeah. thing. We'll give you the money. You just go do your thing. Yeah. That's, that's unbelievable to have that relationship. And I remember having those at the, when, when I was at the agency and even now at the university, we still, we have those relationships where they're like, yep, yep we have full faith in you. This is yeah. why you're in the marketing department. Go do what you do. Just tell yeah. me what you need from me type of thing. Yeah. And, and you know, I love clients that are like, Hey, go out there. I, I remember this one wedding that I photographed. Who's still a client. I do her photographs of her kids and they're amazing. But I remember on her wedding, she's like, just do your thing, you know, cause I'm always bouncing ideas off. And I always told brides, I was like, I, I'll, I'll push it as far as you let me, you know, when it comes to creativity, she's like, just do your thing. I'm going to be happy with that, whatever. And, uh, you know, that's some of the best compliments you can get to really get after it. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then to be able to, um, like in your industry, well, in every industry, it's so important to know the value of your work and to be able to price that out and to know that, Hey, this is what I need to make this work. Most of all, to cover my costs, to make sure my time is covered. My talent is covered. Yeah. But then I need to make a profit on this. And I think that's something where some of our businesses fall short right now is they're trying to make the best deal they can to make sure that they get the work, which is great up front, mm-hmm. but you need to make sure that you're able to turn that profit and, and make that relationship meaningful and, and helpful yeah. to, to help you grow your business. Yeah. And it's okay to say no and lose a job because you're going to lose a lot more jobs than you're going to win, I think, in my opinion. Uh, but the ones that you do win are, are going to be, they're going to be well worth it, you know, because they, they want you. They, they already know that you're going to do a good job. They're going to pay you for it. And they, they respect that because you, you came in at a price and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get this done. So, yeah. Corey, I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a second. As your career of being a wedding photographer, I want to know, what's the craziest thing you've seen at a wedding? The craziest thing? I, I don't know if I can really say that because you're going live on this, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody will find this deep, deep down. No, somewhere. we don't need any names. No names. You know, one of the one time that was really fun is uh, I was photographing this wedding, and this bride was probably maybe five foot, and uh, she had the whole. She had this bottle tilted up of champagne, and it was just chugging it on the dance floor. <laughs> and I was like, "Good for you. You have a good time." <laughs> So, um, you know, I would tell you one of the coolest ones that I did, um, it was this couple, uh, and, uh, it, it was a time where I was like, Hey, we can have as much fun as you want. And they were totally game for anything. And I told them a, a place to go. I was like, there's some cool, like, uh, alleyways, but there's like the grates where the, um, the heat and the air comes up. And, and he's like, Oh, that sounds cool. I was like, yeah, maybe like Marilyn Monroe, you know, I mean, we could do some fun shots like that. And, uh, 
I was like, yeah, we, if we need, we'll just bring some leaf blowers in or something. And, you know, a week prior to the wedding, she's like, I got the leaf blowers and I got two vintage cars. <laughs> yes. And, you, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, let's have fun with this, you know, and, and it was a blast. Um, and that like the ushers were holding the, uh, the leaf blowers. So everybody was in on it, you know, and they were just having a blast. And uh, those, I, I always loved creating with people. That's a lot of fun for sure. Mm. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's just a fun process to be around is when you're sitting around a table or just, you know, sitting around whatever, being able to throw ideas out there and then to see them actually happen and come to fruition. And you're like, man, we yep. did that. And that was yeah. awesome. And, and there, there was a time in my wedding career where I would get to do a lot more creative things. And then it kind of, it, it kind of went in spurts where it was very same old thing, you know, mm-hmm. but one, one time we were, I was in uh, Denver and I was photographing this wedding in uh, the end of December and it was snowing outside, you know, and uh, the couple, they're just great group of people. And she's like, Corey, it's, it's snowing. And I'm like, it is snowing. Yeah. And she's like, well, what are we going to do? I was like, well, we can stay inside and we can, you know, photograph by this window or find, find some place in this small church to do this, or we could just embrace it and get out there and photograph. I was like, I am game. If you guys are game, we could really, you know, create some lasting memories with this. And she's like, all right. So we, you know, we went out, it was snowing. And then I was like, right at the end, I'm like, Hey, let's have a snowball fight. And I was like, I'm going to set up right here. I was like, the only, you guys can do whatever you want. You got car blanche. The only thing, don't throw a snowball at the, uh, the, the dress. And they're like, all right, cool. So we had just a blast doing it. And, uh, you know, those are the type of things that I really enjoyed is when you can be creative, pitch an idea, you know, like, mm-hmm. like with ads, you know, you're like, Hey, I need to pitch this to you. This is my idea. And then you can just go for it. And to have people be open to that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing, trying to find people that are open to, to new things. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of new things, part of your fine art passion and part of your fine art projects, um, they've taken you on some pretty cool travels, um, over the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, you went to Cuba a couple, a couple of years ago now. What was that like for you? Not many people get to go to Cuba, let alone go and just go nuts taking photos. How did you get into all that? Yeah. So I have a friend, uh, a mentor. His name's Jeff Johnson. He's in uh, Colorado and he does these things called soul road trips. And uh, he kept telling me, he's like, you need to come to Cuba. You need to come to Cuba. And I'm like, I don't know. And then my buddy's like, we can go. And he was doing the math work on it. He's like, we can go look at this. This is how much it's going to cost us. And, you know, for me, I have two kids at home. Uh, I'm a, a small business owner, you know, married. I'm like, okay, how am I, how can I do this? You know, how can I justify doing this? And I was like, well, I, I go down there and I, I try to sell some of this work. And then I started looking online of, of, you know, photographs from Cuba, you know, different areas and whatnot. And I was like, how can I photograph it? You know, they sell it as, you know, all these nice cars are down there, you know, these beautiful old cars, which there were. Um, but we, I pulled the trigger and went down there and it was amazing. Like the cars were a little bit different because you got to remember they didn't have a, a body shop. They didn't have a Tracy's auto body anywhere. They didn't have any of that stuff. 
you know, you had to figure out how to repair things on your own. One of these photographs that I had was this guy that had a car battery and he was welding with the car battery. So that just shows you like how they, um, how they have to not, not only survive, but to adapt to things. There's no, there's no Menards around there. <laughs> there's no Costco either. So, um, but you know, I just walked the streets. I mean, every day we woke up, we had breakfast and we just took off. And I mean, it was, he called it the soul road trip and it really was because uh, I was just unleashed to just create whatever I wanted. It didn't matter if I was photographing a dog sleeping on the side of the road, you know, different people, cars, the, the street life, the urban life was just amazing there. So um, I had a blast with it. Um, one thing about the people in the country going there, you, you're going to take a lot for granted when you come back. You know, they, they don't have a lot and they don't, they don't need a lot and they're happy, you know, uh, definitely interesting to be there and see people that are so humbled. And, you know, I mean, we, we need a large Starbucks, you know, to start our day. You know, <laughs> it, it's not that way down there, you know, right. Um, definitely. I, I anybody should go down there. I mean, it's not a, you're not going to find a Ramada or a Hilton down there. I don't think there, there might've been one really nice hotel in the city that we stayed in. Um, but you know, we were just in hostel, not hostels, but families. We went to, fam uh, they knew a couple families that we stayed with, which was nice. They made us home cooked meals and yeah, it was amazing. Wow. And then I came back and I had an art show, I think, and six months later. Yeah. So and you had a good attendance come out. You had, it was catered and invited the community to come out and take yeah. a look. And that was, that was awesome, man, to be able to walk through and see all the photographs that you had. Yeah. It was like you were um, kind of a photojournalist documenting life there in Cuba, which is pretty cool because usually you'd think of like, oh, landscapes and landmarks yeah. and all that, but you really were able to focus in on the people because the people tell the story. And, and that was really meaningful to me. Yeah. When I went through my editing process, it was, uh, you know, I was thinking, I was like, I, I'm not going to show a bunch of pictures of cars. Um, I mean, even though I had them. So I, I kind of looked at this, um, the body of work as a whole and what it told. And it was a story of my journey there. You know, I mean, I photographed boxers. I went up to the mountains and photographed a uh, tobacco plantation. So I had a lot of separate little stories going on and that I documented, which was awesome. Uh, but the people were amazing. The The food was amazing too. And yeah, definitely anybody get a chance to go down there. It's, it's a treat. Is it open to anybody from the U.S. to go down there? Or do you have to be part of a special group like you were? How did that all work? Well, I went down on a, uh, I had a visa, but it was an educational mm -hmm. visa. So there are ways. I mean, you just got to do your research and figure it out. I mean, they let people in there. There's, you know, Canadians go down there all the time. So Okay, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. something to check out. And, you know, they say that Midwesterners are resourceful, but um, I think people in Cuba sounds like they're on a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, any country like that deserves mad props. I mean, some of the stuff that I saw was just like, wow. You know, there was, you know, I mean, we, uh, one of the places we stayed was right next to the uh, unemployment line mm -hmm. where I don't want to say unemployment line, but that's where they would just come out and grab workers and be like, Hey, I need five guys to come with me and do this, this, and this, you know? So people were always standing outside waiting and trying to get, you know, work for the day. 
So definitely, uh, definitely interesting. What was that editing process like for you when you got back? You said that you wanted to focus in on the people, but what was that like for you to kind of comb through everything and, and kind of edit the story and be able to really digest what story you wanted to show to people? Yeah. Well, I had a few, um, different directions I could take, you know, there was, there was landscape, there was the uh, street photography, uh, the boxers. And then there was also, um, the tobacco plantation that I had. So I had a couple different elements that I could have worked with and I just, it slowly, I did take a break. I think I edited like two images right when I got back, but I, I kind of just let it go for a week, kind of went back to it, you know, but then I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. I got to, find out what I want to do. So I, I slowly culled them down and then had a good body of work and wanted to decide what I wanted to do. Um, and then I was like, okay, where do I want to show these at? And I picked the place and then I, um, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have prints, but I also want to have uh, to create a book too. Yeah. So I had, I had both of those that I told the story with. That's cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. So have you been able to kind of replicate that process and go to other places or was Cuba kind of your, your, your big trip so far? Have you been able to go to some other places and and kind of just go nuts like that? You know, I, I have been able to go to a couple other places, but I wasn't able to create like the street art that I was was doing before Um, because there was just so much down there to create. And there's, I was in Utah last year. Uh, I went to uh, Old Car City last year as well, um, and I was just up in South Dakota two weeks ago. Uh, but but it's just a little bit different process. The Cuba that was a a big body of work, and it, I, I again, you know, you were, I was up early in the morning. You know, we got done late at night, and there were mornings that you know we got up you know four or five to go photograph. You know, when the sun was coming up, so I, I definitely was exhausted when I got back because I did shoot all day long. I mean, I, I, I was in, in full, full form to, to just get as much documenting down as possible. Cause I knew I wouldn't be able to come back for, you know, for a long time. Yeah. It's one of those once in a lifetime trips that yeah, you're, absolutely. you, you go that one time and now, you know, you probably have enough images to last you a while right yeah no it's i would definitely recommend it to anybody to to go on a trip like that it was amazing um i'd love to see another country like that too yeah it really gives you that perspective of what you have is uh Mm -hmm. sometimes we have way more than we know what to do with we do we do um you know, some of those guys, $20 would last those guys a month, you know? I mean, so, you know, and they were nice about it. They're like, Hey, we, we can't even take $20. We cannot give you change. That's how much money that means to us. So, you know, I definitely, I mean, we, we are, a con, we, we consume a lot in the U S for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reminder that, Hey, uh, sometimes if, if things in your life aren't, uh, serving you and don't need them, it's probably time to get rid of them. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about well, it. Yeah. Um, well, when COVID started, I was like, Hey, we can, we can do this. You know, if we, I mean, just be planful, you know, focus in, we don't need this, this or this, you know? Yeah. We've been doing a lot of that too. 
going through closets, um, you know, what can we sell or donate or, you know, just get out of here because we haven't touched it in two years. Yep. We're not going to touch it now. Yeah. It just gave us that time to be, well, to be home, number one, and to kind of take a, take an inventory of what's serving us and what's not serving us. And yeah. Um, it's nice to have those reminders sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So as you're, as you're kind of going through this kind of change into the commercial side of things, um, what's been a couple of projects that stuck out to you that, um, maybe people don't realize, I know we talked about it a little bit at, at the very beginning of thinking about the lighting and the perspective and all of that. But then you're also not just looking at the lighting and, and all of that, but you're, you're trying to tell a story through photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you shared with me a few of your side projects that you, that you've done with some of the restaurants in town and the bakeries in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you looking for when you are photographing people and trying to get that emotion out of them? How are you able to pull that out? Tons of dirty jokes. <laughs> no, I'm <joking>. perfect. <laughs> so, uh, to, to get that right look, from a person is what you're saying. Yeah. Expression. Yeah. 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 Um, well, it goes to, you know, you, you do have to look at somebody as you have to analyze their face and say, okay, how can I make them look the best? You know, if they have a thin face or a round face, or, you know, they might have a, uh, eye that squints a little bit more, you know, and they might be self-conscious of it. And, you know, you're like, okay, how can I correct that? So in that situation, you're like, you pose for that or, and then you correct with lighting as well. Um, and then, you know, just kind of making him feel at ease, you know, you know, relax, you know, be like, and there is a fine line there because you, you know, you can't say dirty jokes and then, uh, you know, find out that you're offending somebody, you know, cause this is a sensitive world right now. Everybody, <laughs> right. everybody's mad at everything. You know, I, I mean, that's all I usually tell people. I'm like, you know, I can't tell you dirty jokes, so you have to think of your own. And then they start smiling, and then it's like, you know, they start getting red, and I'm like, I need to hear your jokes. These are good. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, just simple things like that. I'm like, you know, putting a person at ease. So sometimes I'm like, so what do you do when you're not taking pictures or at work? You know, and they're like, well, I'd like to go sit at my couch. And I'm like, well, think about that couch now, guy, you know, <laughs> or, you know, a, a, a lady that wants to talk. She's like, I just want to go have a glass of wine and, and you know, watch my kids play in the yard. You know, I'm like, while you're sitting here, think of those things. All right. Th- think of your kids out there messing around, you know, eating popsicles while you have a glass of wine, you know, and that kind of gets somebody in a different mindset where they're not, um, really self-conscious and just kind of thinking about, Oh, I better look good at this. So, um, one thing that I do different too, is I, uh, I have an iPad set up and, and people can proof the images right there. So they mm. know exactly what we're looking at. Um, cause I only see, I might see these people once, twice, and you know, I don't know how their hair normally lays, you know, or if this is their real smile or their fake smile, you know? So, definitely kind of going over that with them, you know, finding out what works well um, yeah, and just kind of letting them work the camera a little bit. I know it sounds cheesy, but yeah, just take a couple shots, show them a picture and say, Hey, this is what you need to give me a better smile. All right. You're at a D right now. I need to get up <laughs> at least a B. <laughs> One last point on the fine art stuff. 
um, being able to find new ways of capturing images, or should I say finding new old ways to capture images. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me is you had me out to your house back in, I think that was February, January, uh, to yeah. try to experiment with this old camera. And, yeah. um, it, that was incredible, man. I, I'll never forget that. And I see the print behind you. Um, we'll have the photo up on the, on social, but um, you made me look like a Viking. And I yeah. seriously look, that photo looks like it could have been taken in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to go that route to kind of go find these antique cameras and, and explore what you can make with those? Well, I have a, a strong love for like film cameras and um, I just wish I could shoot more of them. Like I'm always online, like how can I justify buying this film camera? I should buy this, you know, and lately I've been talking myself out of it because I have enough already, but um, I just enjoy the process. Um, with digital, you it's endless on what you can do if you know how to expose it uh, with, with film you are kind of um, stuck in a certain scenario. You can't adjust your uh, your ISO, or, or the new term is ISO. <laughs> um, so you can't adjust that. You know, you can overexpose or underexpose, but those are the only really things you can do. And then you work with it in the development side and then the print side. So um, it just really, you know, strips down the, the art form. And it helps you really concentrate on what you're doing. You know, you might only have 10 shots on a film camera as opposed to having, you know, thousands on a, on a digital camera. So it just kind of slows the process down and really lets you focus in on what you're doing. And there's something to be said about the analog aspect of everything. Yeah. You know, whereas we become so used to all these digital things and doing whatever we want. But I think about the time when you had me out and we were making those images, um, you turned your bathroom into a dark room and you had to be extra careful with taking the film cartridges out and putting oh, yeah. them in the, the um, solution to make them show up and all that. Like there's something about that hands-on process that I think a lot of people are starting to get back to in our society yeah. just because it's, it's handmade and it's like, Hey, I made this with my hands. Um, yes. Yeah. It, it, there's something about that that I can't yeah. explain. Well, and I think that's some place that I'd really want to get back into more. Um, if I could find a way to do that full time, I would love to be in the dark room. I just, I enjoy it so much. It's very calming. You know, the lights are low. All you have is, you know, chemicals and an enlarger and you get to work with it. Uh, I really like it. I told my wife, I was like, when I retire, the only thing I want is a small studio with a big dark room. That's all I need, you know, and I'm going to have fun with it. So I hope that goal or that yeah goal comes soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember um, I was a sophomore in college when I was going to school in Reno. And I think I've told you this story, but I took a photography class and yeah. that was all film. And yep. we developed, we had to develop our own film at first, it was a pain in the ass. And we were still using those uh, regular rolls, you know, the rolls that we grew up with of the 24 exposures, yep, whatever. And, you know, you have to turn your bathroom to a dark room. No light can seep in. Um, but I, now that I'm done with that, I really appreciate 
what that taught me. It taught me oh, the yeah. patience. It taught me the care that goes into something. Mm-hmm. And it really made me respect any any line craft. of work. Yeah, any craft that needed to make photographs, whether you were a professional photographer, like a fine art photographer, whether you were a photojournalist, anything that involved images took so much more work back then. It's, yeah. It just blows my mind how, how far we've come. Yeah. Well, and I... I... I guess I forgot to tell you, I got a, uh, um, it's a wide angle or an, uh, a panoramic camera. It's a horizon. It's a Russian camera. And I got the inspiration. Um, I was in Chicago and me and my wife went to the library just to, you know, look at books and art. And I looked at, you know, photography books. <laughs> uh, but I, I found this book on uh, Jeff Bridges, the actor. Oh, yeah. And he's a photographer and he used a similar camera and he had these amazing images of him on set in black and white and they were panoramic. And I was just like, I have to, I have to get one of these and shoot with it and find a way to, to do a show with it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of excited. Um, before COVID uh, kind of really took off, I started this uh, film project with a, uh, photographing people in Lincoln, uh, the homeless population. Oh, wow. And, uh, it, it was really cool to, um, you know, talk to these people and, and, and photograph, not, a, not really them, but through their eyes mm-hmm. of what they see. And then also just those, those things that you're not going to really notice about, um, you know, the streets of Lincoln, you know, and, and bringing those, uh, in front of people to view and say, Hey, this is, this is our community and we need to, we need to help any way we can, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into this where we get back to normal so yeah. I can really, you know, kick it into gear. Man, how did, how did you start doing that? Were you able to just kind of walk up to people and say, Hey, my name's Corey. I'm looking to do this project. Would you be open to being photographed? Can I, can you share your story with me type of thing? How did you approach that? Well, um, you know, I, I did a little bit of that, um, but actually I reached out to some organizations and kind of told them what I wanted to do. Um, and I, this, this gentleman said something to me that really hit and my mind started working. He's like, we, we think it's awesome that you're doing this, but we don't want you to exploit the, the person. And, I, you know, and then I was like, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And he's like, how about you do different views or what they see? Or, you know, um, I was thinking of like, I I photographed a campsite Mm. by a train track that people were staying at, you know, those type of things. I was like, they don't have to have people in it, you know, and it just tells the story, which I thought was really interesting. So um, they gave me a lot of insight. I walked around with some uh, different advocates that kind of knew a lot of people uh, around town that I could, they introduced me to. Uh, but you know, two weeks later, everything just shut down. So, um, I, I've, it kind of got put on hold. Yeah. So, but it'll, I'm going to get back to it though, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I think, again, we take for granted. We don't really understand. Like we are able to see the people in need. We're able to see the people who are, you know, standing on the street and whatnot, but we don't really understand their environment. Oh, yeah, so I think be, being able to sh- to bring that to light and to sh- bring awareness to that, man, that's that's going yeah. to be incredible. Well, and there's there's a lot of documentaries and, and different thing out there that you can see. But, you know, 
I wanted to do it kind of in a personal, you know, doing it from here, you know, um, cause Lincoln's a good place, you know, but there are some people that are struggling and, you know, people might say, you know, get a job, you bum. And there's so much more to it than that. There's people mm-hmm. out there that they physically, they might not be able to, but mentally they might not be able to as well. And I don't think people understand that, you know, and I mean, there, there is a struggle out there. People, I think everybody wants to, to work and have a purpose, but sometimes it, that just might not happen. Yeah. Everybody's got their own circumstances and everybody's going through different things and, and yep. have different things going on in their lives. Yeah. Holding a job is not their priority right now, or, you know, they're yeah. not able to. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that, man. That That's yeah. going to be very powerful. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Hey man, we've, we've covered a lot of ground tonight. It's been really interesting hearing your adventures in Cuba and kind of the way that you look at people and the way that you want to bring their stories to life. Um, is there anything else that's kind of top of your mind that you want to share that we haven't really talked about yet tonight that you think people should know? Yeah, not really, man. This was a good time. I enjoy it. So I'd be more than happy to come back and, and chat some more about whatever you want. That's a deal, my friend. It's been awesome. And I know yeah. we're going to have enough content to do more episodes like this. I, I That's what I love about this format. Yeah. We're never going to run out of things to talk about. Sure. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, man, spending some time yeah. with me and our listeners and sharing your perspective. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Anytime, man, whatever you want. It's good to catch up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Take care, bud. And I'll, I'll see you soon. All right. Cool, man. 